Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Amazing to see you, especially if you don't usually come to this church or you don't usually go to church at all. We love the fact that you're here. And we have been over the last few weeks preaching, as you've heard, this series called Behind Closed Doors because we we understand that there are some important things that need to happen in the private places of our lives uh, for our public lives to succeed. And uh, we have been talking about the whole area of order. We're talking about order in our spiritual world, in our emotional world, in our mental world, and also in our physical world. And you find us in our second week of that order in our emotional world. And we we understand actually that you can't really slice those things up like a cake, that they all represent our personhood. But it's just to help us focus on some specific things. And uh, even the, the Bible recognises that when it comes to our soul and spirit, uh, it is incredibly difficult to divide those things. It's uh, in, in Hebrews 4, uh, verse 12 to 13, it says, For the Word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energising and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit. So it needs, it actually needs the Word of God to divide soul and spirit. As I came to prepare this, I've understand what a huge and complex area this is. And I'm, I'm hoping that, um, yeah, as we, as we talk about this area, you're going to really not only just get some information, but you're going to get some revelation that's going to lead to transformation. It, it, it's the first part of uh, a, a message that is going to continue next week uh, in regard to order in our mental world because the two things really go together and those two things are too extensive to do in one week. So in these few minutes that are ours, we're going to look at order in our emotional world. As I said last week, we began talking about our spiritual world because we understand that if we want order in our emotional and our physical world, then it starts in our spiritual world because uh, no order that we bring to our emotional or physical world will last unless there is order in our spiritual world. He said, well, why do we need order? You know, why, why do I need order in my life? I just want to be a free spirit. I just want to... Just take, do, do whatever the moment, uh, you know, what I feel like in the moment. And I, I was thinking about this, you know, like you might consider yourself a free spirit. You don't feel like you need order. When I was driving down the road uh, towards the end of last week and I was thinking, you know what? You actually, you actually could make a decision to drive on the other side of the road. You know, you could say, you know what? Stuff it. I don't care. I don't care what the road rules are. I don't care what the law says. I'm a free spirit. If I want to drive on the other side of the road, I can drive on the other side of the road. But how many of you know, it's only going to be a little while before you crash. And, uh, and so the, the thing about order is that it helps us live life 
in the best, in the best way, without injury and without hurt. And, uh, and it helps us operate, if we operate from a place of order. Every single one of us, this is not a personality issue. Every single one of us are emotional beings. It's the way God has made us. I know that maybe some of the guys might have switched, switched off the moment we started talking about emotions because said, oh, this is a message for the women. No, this is a message for all of us because all of us are emotional beings. And emotional people are not just people who wear their heart on their sleeve. In fact, there are some people who seem very emotionally closed, who are actually very emotional. It's just that people who are emotionally closed are just as much being ruled by their emotions as someone who you might consider to be over emotional. It's just that they're operating from the other end of the spectrum. Every single one of us are Emotion, have emotions and are emotional, but we have either learned or not learned how to manage our emotions because it was never God's intention that we were managed by our emotions, but that we were to manage our emotions. And our, our emotions uh, can be Influenced incredibly by our family environments. You know, the kind of family environment you were brought up in, it can be influenced greatly by the cultural environment that you were brought up in. I mean, let's, for instance, if you were brought up in, let's say, a Latin environment, Latin environment overall, very uh, expressive, very passionate environment, then, then you maybe uh, have learned to, to live uh, in, in, in a way that is very expressive, very passionate. People come around to your house, think everybody's falling out, they're just talking. <laughs> or on the other hand, you may have been brought up in the British way, where, you know, steady on old chap, just settle on down. None of that emotional stuff. We'll just keep a stiff upper lip and keep right on going. And you, it's, it's like, you know, it, we're all, we can be influenced strongly by our environments. But we're here today to look at what a biblical approach to our emotions is. Because the Bible has quite a lot to say about it. And I need to remember, if I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, then first and foremostly, I am a Christian before I'm British. I am a Christian before I'm African. I'm a Christian before I'm Jamaican. I'm a Christian before I'm what? Portuguese. I don't know. You know, it's, I, it's, I am a Christian first. And where my culture contradicts the Bible then my culture bows the knee to the Bible. If I'm a lover of Jesus and a follower of Jesus, my culture bows the knee. Now, you know, I was saying, I made a reference earlier, you know, that it, it, I think it would generally be true. 
and, and, and this is not, I suppose, either good or bad. It's just that, that a, lot of, a lot of the ladies are perhaps, not totally true, but, but on average are more perhaps in touch with their emotions than a lot of the guys are. But some of that could be um, because of the way we've been brought up. It could be to do, without, to do with cultural expectations, to do with family expectations, to do with seeds that society has sown within us and that those things have seriously influenced us. So I think that we, we, when we look at Jesus, we get an understanding, a better understanding of how God sees emotion because Jesus is the epitome of not just manhood, but, but, but of humanity, of how all of us should behave. Jesus, Jesus was someone, the Bible says, who felt compassion. We haven't got time to work through all the scriptures, but Jesus felt compassion. That means he didn't, it wasn't that he just cared. It was that, that word compassion means to be stirred in your intestines, to be stirred in your bowels. It's, it's Jesus felt things deeply there is a place for us that if we if we are um, experiencing emotions in a biblical way we should not be afraid to feel things deeply Jesus the, the Bible says actually wept it's the shortest verse in the Bible John eleven thirty five. 35 Jesus wept Jesus shed Tears. He was grieving for a friend. Grief is an appropriate emotion. Grief is a process that one goes through. It is a healing process. It takes time, but it is meant to be a healing process. It's meant to be an upward spiral and not a downward spiral. It's not a place that we're supposed to stay. It's a place that, that we are in the course of time coming out of. So we understand that Jesus shed tears. Jesus expressed joy. You know, Jesus was a great bloke to be around. Luke 10, 21 says at that time, Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit. He was anointed with joy above his fellows. He, he, you know, like it was, Jesus was just somebody great to be around. That's why he ended up being accused, being a friend of sinners, which wasn't meant to be a compliment. Uh, but it's because sinners love to be around Jesus. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? You know, do, 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 do people in the world want to be around church people? Because we are his ambassadors on the earth. You know, I, you know it's like Jesus was great to be around. And I, I actually do believe that we should be great to be around. Jesus felt and showed love. So God has given us emotions because he wants us to feel. But he didn't, as we said, give us emotions so that we are controlled by our emotions. And maybe that is why self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. In other words, if I've got the Holy Spirit in my life, then having the Holy Spirit in my life means that I have the capacity for self-control. And I think that maybe the Spirit gives us self-control because we need it. <laughs> From time to time, we need to be able to take control. 
Now, I want to also remind us that, that keeping our emotional health in order is not just important for my soul. It's important for my physical well-being. And I, and I think that this has to be understood in all our conversations about health and, and, and staying healthy and, and even being fit. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of, of that in a couple of a weeks' time. It's, it's all part of, of, of what, where we should be. But we need to understand you can be, you can be eating a lettuce, a lettuce leaf and a twiglet. You can be just down in a multivitamin every day. You can be uh, jogging for three hours every morning. You can be doing everything to maintain physical health. But you also need to understand that the way you think, your emotional life, your emotional health has a big impact upon your physical well-being. It's not just about mechanically going through uh, the, 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 uh, the, the working out of our physicality. We have to understand our emotional well-being plays a part. The Bible says it well in Proverbs 14 verse 30, that a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. So our health, our physical health and well-being is very much connected to our emotional welfare. Keeping your emotions in order is not you denying that you have emotions. Keeping your emotions in order is not you denying that you have got them. It's that you say, oh no, I'm not emotional. No, of course you are. Because we all are hiding my stuff isn't dealing with it. You know, you know the expression that you just brush it under the carpet? Brushing stuff under the carpet does not deal with it. Suppressing, pushing down your feelings, your reactions, your responses does not deal with it. It stays there. If you keep shoving things under the carpet, you just end up with lumpy carpets because it doesn't go away. Reminds me years ago that, that you know, my, my, my daughter, uh, I'd been sent her to bed. I said, if you come down, this is Bethany now, if you come downstairs one more time, you're going to be in trouble. And the next, I, 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 the next time I saw her, she was coming downstairs on a bottom with a dressing gown over her because she was thinking, if, you can't, if I can't see you, you can't see me. But and I think some of us, we, we think that if I can't see it, if I put it under the carpet, if I put it in the cupboard, if I put it in the drawer, if I hide it away, then maybe it's not really there. But it is there and it needs to be dealt with. See, Proverbs 16 verse 32 says that he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. And I think the way the Bible puts it there is to explain that this is a big deal. You know, this is not an easy thing. It is a big deal, but it's important. I just want to say that being slow to show anger is not the same as being slow to anger. Being Slow to show anger is not the same as being slow 
to anger. You know, I can, I can just like be really getting wound up, you know. It's, uh, I, I, I not show it. But really underneath the surface, I'm like a bubbling cauldron. See, so, some, people, some people show their anger. Some people, you just know if they're angry. You just, you just know, because like, they, they, they make it very clear. But there are some people who internalize their anger. You know, they just keep it under wraps. It's like they don't look angry, you know, but, but they know how to sulk. Oh, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not angry. Like, they're just like. <laughs> and and they, they're not saying anything with their mouth. But they're saying a lot. Because the thing about the sulkers is that they might, they might not say anything. I did not say a thing. No, you said a lot. By not saying anything, you said a lot. Controlling the room, controlling the environment with your sulk so that people are coming up to you and saying, are you okay? You say, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like everybody knows you're not fine. So you, 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 can, you can be somebody who overtly uh, shows your emotion, shows your anger, or you can be a sulker. But, but I want us to understand that to actually be angry is not a sin. It's just the Bible says that in your anger, do not sin. So in other words, I'm allowed to feel it. It, it, There are certain things in life that I'm going to get angry about. But the Bible gives us some indication of how we should handle our anger when it appears. Ephesians 4, 26 says, in your anger, like we say, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down. Wow, you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. In other words, yep, get angry, but, but you need to understand, you've got to find a way of not staying angry. Because when you stay angry, you're opening up yourself to the devil getting a foothold in your life and in your emotions. See, Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, get rid of all bitterness. Now, bitterness is internalizing anger. See, I think that that anyone who's allowed themselves to become bitter is someone who has got angry, internalized it and stayed angry. That's what bitterness is. I've allowed myself now while I might have been able to get rid of my anger, it's a lot more difficult to get rid of bitterness. But, but Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Malice is that desire. It's a desire to do someone harm. You know, like if you're driving into work and someone cuts in on you, and you imagine punching their lights out. I mean, not you, because you're also holy, but you know that, that when you imagine someone doing someone harm, that is, that is malice. And, and Paul is saying, listen, get rid of all that stuff. 
In fact, the, 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 the force of the language is get it away from you. Put it away from you. Get it out. Find a way. Do something to get out of it. Maybe I'll, a little bit later on, I'll help you with some of that. Uh, uh, but, but we need to understand that, that we've got to, We've got to not allow our sinful nature to control us. That's what the, uh, the letter to the Romans says in the New Testament. So let, uh, Romans 8 verse 6, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So that's, that's my choice. I can stay in my lane or I can drive on the other side of the road. Driving on the other side of the road is letting the my sinful nature control my mind, but, but letting the Spirit control my mind, staying on my right side of the road, is what leads to peace. The problem is when I'm angry, is that I'm not thinking about that Scripture. You know, like when I'm angry, I'm not thinking, you know what, I just need to get away. I need to get away from me right now. No, I'm angry. I'm angry and I want to and I want to express the anger but the truth is that I don't know whether anyone's ever been angry and while you were saying some stuff you just really were getting some things off your chest and then when you came to think about it a little while after th- later after things have settled down you maybe wouldn't have said it quite that way or you wouldn't have said that thing. And, and that's the difference. We, we can't allow our sinful nature to control us in those moments. God is there to help us. We're not meant to be ruled by our emotions. In writing to the Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, Paul said in, in verse 5 that that. In, in, in regard to love, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. See, love is not easily angered. Now, if I'm somebody who is easily angered, then that proves that there are some unresolved issues in my life. If I'm getting like so angry over a little thing, that is proof that there's something more going on in my life than that thing. If someone cutting in on you on the way to work or standing on your foot or letting the door go in your face or whatever ruins your day, there's something more going on in you than that moment. There are deeper unresolved issues in your soul. And of course, it's not only anger that is evidence of unresolved issues in our lives. There's one to a thousand things to do with stress, some things that are called, you know, stress or called depression. I'm not talking about hormonal imbalance or chemical imbalance, but, uh, you know, like just being down. You know, there are a whole lot of stuff there that we just put under one banner, but actually it's to do with unresolved issues and 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 when I'm feeling emotional pain because I'm not designed to carry emotional pain I will find ways of dealing with that pain one way or another I will seek to numb anesthetize that pain 
I will self-medicate. I will try and meet the need myself, either by eating or, or drinking or, I don't know, watching too much TV or buying things, going retail, retail therapy, you know, because I've worked hard and it's been a tough week and I can't really afford it, but I deserve it. I deserve it. You know what? That person has been getting on my, working on my last nerve all week and I just need to bless myself. I just need to bless myself. I need to go in this shop now and I need to bless myself. Some of us, some of us, we don't even, we don't even can't be bothered to go shopping. We just do it online. I need to bless myself. They're clicking on your phone at midnight. You forget that you've ordered something and then Mr. Amazon comes to the door and he drops off a pack. You say, what for me? It's like, bro, you ordered it at five past 12 last night. That's why you got Amazon Prime. No, it's like, it's like, oh. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're ordering stuff online to make yourself feel special, it's a bit like sending yourself a Christmas card. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't really work. And of course, we can self-medicate with stuff that is even more dangerous with just a few taps of the mouse or on a, a smartphone. We can find ourselves in a whole world of mess. See, why, why do we, why do we self-medicate? Because sometimes it's just easier to, to numb the pain than it is to deal with the cause of the pain. And we do some of that stuff because we try to meet the need ourselves rather than allowing God to meet the need. So why, why do I drink a bottle of wine? Why, why do I eat the family-sized bar of chocolate? You always hand over the last two squares, don't you? It's like, take, get it away from me, get it away from me. I can't, I'm not eating anymore. I'm not eating anymore. It's, you see, the, the, the thing is, it's, it's, this, it's this need for connection. Every one of us are born with an emotional need for connection. We're not, we're not designed to feel disconnected. So we, we will try and find connection in all kinds of areas. If we're not finding that sense of connection in God. We will try and meet the need somewhere else. But we've got to remember, it does not matter how big that part of Ben and Jerry's is. It's not going to fill the emotional hole that's in your heart. Only God can fill that hole. That's why, that's why Jesus came. That's why, that's why Jesus died on a cross. That's why he rose again because the connection that Adam and Eve, Eve lost with God in the garden through their sin meant that through Jesus, through the cross of Calvary, I can reconnect with my God and my emotional needs, the, the sense of connection that I need, I will find in him. You see, our, 
The Bible talks about our heart. When the Bible talks about our heart, it's not talking about the pump that pumps our blood around. It's talking about the core of our being. It's talking about our soul. It's talking about our emotional center. And, and, and the Bible tells us that your heart, your soul, your, the, the, who, you, who you essentially are has to be guarded. In fact, Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines... The course of your life. You see, I, that we need to stop and just pause and think about that for a moment because that means that I can be doing everything spiritually right. I can be going to church. I can be singing my songs. I can be praying. I can be going to life group. I can be going through all the motions. But if I consistently derail myself through my emotional pain, then I will be start blaming God while well, I'm doing all this stuff and it's not working. Well, it's not working because you've got some stuff you need to deal with. Let me, let me say it in another way. If, if, if for instance, you, got, you were doing something, you lifted something, you ended up with a big splinter in your finger. Ow, that hurts. It's so sore, it's so painful that you don't want to take out the splinter because that's going to mean more pain. So what you do is you pop to boots and you get some cream with some anesthetic in it and you rub the cream in to numb the pain. And it works, it numbs the pain for a while. But because you've numbed the pain, now you don't realise that infection is breaking out. So now you need some and you need some antibiotics to, to uh, deal with the infection. And maybe you take the antibiotics and the infection clears up. But unless you deal with the splinter, the problem is just going to keep reoccurring. But it is possible to live life with the splinter. It is possible to live life with just that low Level pain. It's just there in the background where you just learn to ignore it rather than face the short-term pain of dealing with the splinter. What's true physically is true emotionally. If you deal with the splinter and take it out, it may be painful for a little moment, but it's going to in the long term, produce healing. God, your heart is doing what is, God in your heart is doing what is necessary to stop yourself walking around with unhealed wounds. God does not intend for you to walk around with unhealed wounds. The Bible is filled with scriptures that warn us to guard our hearts against emotions such as fear, worry, anxiety, anger, unforgiveness, jealousy, grief, and guilt, to name but a few. Yet if we're being really honest, most of us in this room can relate to one of those things that I've just said. In John Chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, if you abide, if you abide in my word, you are truly 
my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Freedom is available to all, but will you position yourself for freedom? God does not intend you to live your life managing low-level pain, pretending that you're all right, pretending that everything's okay, pretending I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. God, God does not intend us to live our lives in that way. We've got a phenomenal course here called Freedom in Christ that helps us deal with some of our stuff. I don't know about you, but I came with loads of stuff. Came with loads of stuff, dealt with some of that, picked up a lot more stuff. You know, it's like there's just, there's just stuff that needs to deal, we need to deal with and God helps us deal with it. You know, that, 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 that course will help us to, to clear out the emotional cupboards and drawers or the emotional sheds in our life. I don't know if, you, if you got, anyone got at home, you know, one of those drawers. The drawers that just, everything gets chucked in it. You know, it just, if you, if you, if you want to find anything, you just go to that drawer or you go to, and, and, and oftentimes you think to yourself, I need to sort out that cupboard or I, I need to sort out that drawer, but you never actually do. It's just stuff that you chuck in. There. And sometimes we can be a bit like that emotionally. Many times in my life, I've had to do the hard work, the hard work of getting free and staying free. Because don't be fooled. I'm not saying that everything's easy. I'm not saying it's a quick prayer and everything gets sorted. I'm not saying raise your hand, turn around and Jesus will set you free. Sometimes it is hard work. It is hard work. It is not, you don't get there in a moment. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes prayer. It takes consistency. It takes diligence. You have to keep working at it. But I can promise you this, if you do, the emotional scars that you carry will not be a mark of your wounding. They will be a mark of your healing. That scar will not point to how you were wounded. It will point to how you were healed to how you were set free. You can just put up that picture for me, please. It's just the, the picture of a, a physical room that I think just kind of represents a little bit of something of what we can manage emotionally. You know, those pictures at the top are representative of just stuff, clutter all around. And some of us learn to live our lives around our emotional clutter. If you lived in that space, you've got to learn to, to navigate your way around the stuff. In fact, it's a, it's a bit of an interesting thing that I think some of us who've got a lot of clutter in our external world, we tolerate it because it kind of represents the clutter in our internal world. And somehow the clutter in my internal world, because I'm yet to deal with that, I can deal with the clutter in my external world. But God doesn't want us to live cluttered lives. He doesn't want us navigating our way around the stuff. He wants you to live free because He who the Son sets free. She who the Son sets free is free indeed. 
So if, we, if we're going to live a life of emotional health, and, and, and please don't misunderstand me. You know, this isn't a one-time thing. This isn't just something you go through and you say, oh yeah, I got that. I got my emotional health certificate and now I'm just cracking on with my life. No, life happens. Stuff happens. Life throws all kinds of things at you. You have to come and do this again and again and again, but there is power in the name of Jesus and and He has given us specific things that we need to do and keep doing. That's why we can't separate this bit from the spiritual because if I'm to stay emotionally healthy, then I need to keep repenting. Repentance isn't just something that I did once a long time ago. Repentance is something that I do. And it's not just that I come and say I'm sorry, it's that I do whatever is necessary to change my behaviour, to change my thinking. I've got to learn to walk in forgiveness. Because even when I've forgiven everyone in my past who's hurt me, there's a whole queue waiting for me down here who I've got to learn to forgive and walk in forgiveness. Forgive whoever I need to forgive for whatever they have done. And you know what? That includes me. I need to forgive me. Some of you, you need to forgive you. You would more easily forgive someone else than you would forgive yourself. Some of you, you just need to forgive yourself. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. I've got to believe that. That can't be just a, something I say. I've got to believe. I was, it's for freedom Christ has set me free. I'm meant to live free. I'm not meant to live with my cupboard stuffed with rubbish. I'm not meant to live with this splinter. We need to renew our mind. We're going to look at that next week. We need input. If we're going to stay emotionally healthy, we need input. You're in an environment of input right now. You're getting around the Word of God. The Word of God is is not only coming to your ears, it's coming to your heart. It's helping you realign yourself to God. It's helping you bring order to your life. But we we don't just need input. We need outflow. If, If you've got... A water which only has input is going to be a, it's going to be a dead sea. It could be stagnant water. We need input and we need outflow to keep things fresh. I need I need someone who I can talk to. I need someone who I can be real with. I need someone who I can share some stuff with, and they're not going to judge me. They're not. They're just going to know I'm having I'm having a bad day, and and they're not going to hold it against me. That's a true friend. That's a, that's a real friend. Not someone I'm tiptoeing around to keep them happy alone. It's someone I can share and be real with. You say, I haven't really got one of those friends. Well, you know what? Ask God to give you one of those friends. And maybe the best way to get one of those friends is firstly be one of those friends. Be that to somebody. And maybe they'll end up being that to you. And we need to make moments in our life. If we're going to maintain emotional order in our life, we need to make moments where we recreate, recreation. That is a world of difference between between leisure and what we would call rest. You know, some of us, we think that, oh, I'm tired. I just need a, a rest. You know, and you sit in front of the TV, you know, Netflix and chill. I'm just gonna sit here and watch 46 episode of 24 or whatever, I don't know. 
and you think that at the end of it you're going to feel better about yourself and you really don't especially after the Ben and Jerry's and two family bars of chocolate you just don't feel better but we have to find places of, of where we recreate ourselves what what is it that recreates you ministers to your soul we have to find ways of doing that you have to take responsibility for you if you're going to maintain emotional order in your life you've got to take responsibility for you don't sit there thinking well if they really cared they would notice if they really cared they would see what I'm going through if they really cared they'd come and talk to me about this and you hand over responsibility to somebody else if they really cared at that church they would come and seek me out they would not you're giving you're just making excuses handing the responsibility you are to somebody else you are too important to hand that responsibility to somebody else Jesus through His Word has given you the ability and the, and the power to deal with your stuff. And I might need someone to help me with that, but you know what? The most important thing for me to understand is I need to step up and I need to say, I'm going to get this sorted. I'm going to get this sorted. You need to understand tonight that there is nothing in your life. There is no problem. There is no issue that is so bad or so deep that the Spirit of God cannot help you with it. There is nothing that has happened to you and there is nothing that you have done that the Spirit of God is not able to bring you to a place of freedom. There is no hole so deep that the love of God is not deeper still and He can bring hope and wholeness and healing and breakthrough and deliverance to your mind, to your body and to your soul. He who the Son set free is free indeed. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.